Hello, welcome to the Grace Apostolic Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you joined us. We hope this podcast serves as a tool that encourages you and helps you navigate through this journey called life. If you wouldn't mind, we would greatly appreciate it if you would subscribe and review this podcast channel. Your feedback matters, and we want to serve you to the best of our abilities. Thank you so much. Let's go to the Word. Psalm 122. I've only got one verse. I think it might be applicable to some of us in this place today. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad I got the phone call that someone said, hey, guess what? Church is open on this Sunday. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So my message today is this. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Can you put your hands together for the reading of the word? Thank you, Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord Jesus. I, I had the opportunity to preach for Brother Danny Johnson, his church yesterday. They're still doing online. They got a big congregation, a little building. Let's pray for the Brother Johnson, their family, Apostolica Iglesia, that, that they can find a building and they can move them in. They're crunched where they are, and I just pray God will give them a great building for them to have church in. Amen. Amen. So I preached for him last night, and so I'm preaching for you, and I just want my my voice to do well and, and bring forth the message I have for you uh, this afternoon. As I said this to you already, I am one of the fortunate people to say that I grew up in the church. So glad I have my friend Brother Allen here. Aren't you glad for that, to say that we grew up in the church? What a great privilege. The older I get, the more I realize how fortunate I am. See, when you're a kid, you don't always recognize your good fortune. You don't see it. Kind of like you don't understand how spankings can really help you. <laughs> I just don't see it. I don't, I don't know how it works, but my dad called them sweeteners. <laughs> sweet for who? It wasn't sweet for me. But as a kid, you don't recognize your good fortunes. Especially when you're a kid and you want to do what you want to do. And you don't want to do what mom and dad want you to do. Like when you'd rather stay outside and play until dark, but you can't. Because you have to get cleaned up and get your tie on and go to midweek Bible study. I used to wear a tie on midweek Bible study. Back when I was a little more holy than I am today. Just to be wearing a tie today for midweek Bible study. Maybe I'll start doing that. I'm convicting myself up here, folks. I'm getting, I need to have an altar call. But you, you couldn't play outside because you have to go to church on that day. Or how about when you're in high school and you want to go to a Friday night football game, but you still go to a church that has Friday night youth services, and it's a conflict of interests. And I want to go to a football game and hang out with my friends, but I didn't even ask because I knew what the answer was at my house. Well, is a church open? Yeah. Are they having youth service? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, son, you're not going to football game now. You're going to youth service. See, 
I kind of grew up old school. I, I don't know how we were growing up today, but I, I, I grew up in the old school way where there wasn't any negotiations in my house whether or not I was going to church. <laughs> Amen. And the thing is, I never had to ask my parents, are we going to church tonight? Because the response would be, is it Sunday? <laughs> yeah. Well, then why are you asking me a question you already know the answer to? Back in, when I grew up in the Pontiac Church, we had midweek Bible study on Tuesdays. Tuesday, Tuesday evening rolled around. I hadn't seen my parents just kind of waiting around, not knowing what's going on. Why aren't you getting ready? Well, are we going to church tonight? Is it Tuesday? Yeah? Well, then why aren't you getting ready for church? There is no negotiation. Listen, folks, there's a problem as parents, and I'll look at this because I'm a parent too. If our kids have to ask us on a church day if we're going to church, maybe we should be a, bit, a little bit more regular on our church attendance. Because I want my kids to understand, if the church doors are open, I'm going to be in the house of the Lord. So there was no negotiating. There was no negotiating whether or not we were getting up Sunday morning to go to Sunday school class. Now, I've harped on this a long time, but I believe. And I'm only telling you because of, of my experience. Now, I don't know your experience, but I can only tell you that the experience I had about being on time and being in Sunday school class, I learned the stories of Jesus that have stuck with me at, the four, at 42 years of age. I still know the stories. I can still see the felt board. I love the felt board. Some of you teachers, if you really want to bring revival in your classroom, bust out that old felt board. Am I going too old school here? And let you, you want to, you want to put, bring a, you want to bring a smile to your kid's face as a teacher? You let those kids hold a felt board cut out person. Oh man, if I could just hold a felt board cut out person and I was waiting for my moment. Okay, we, Jesus is walking uh, into Jerusalem now. We need the donkey. Where's the donkey? I've got the donkey. I can't wait to put, come on little Stephen, put that donkey up on the felt board. Where's Jesus? Ah, oh, here's Jesus. I'm telling you, you need to get your kids to a place where they can hear about Jesus. They're hearing all the junk of the world. They're being indoctrinated by those out in the world. I'll say Get your kids into a Sunday school class where they can hear the stories of Jesus Christ. You think I'm not going to have my kids in a class on Sunday morning where these wonderful teachers have been praying and fasting over their lessons? When they got to go to school, do you know the junk we're hearing right now on this online teaching? They're, 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 they're directing your kids what to believe. They're, they're talking about the amount of water in the world. And, and, and we, we're seeing this firsthand. Now, you might not see it when your kids are at school, but we're seeing this firsthand. That, that they're starting to ask questions. What do you think about us drinking all this water? I told my kids, guys, 
The earth, three quarters of the earth is covered with water. You're not going to run out of of water. But they're teaching this humanistic approach in their schools. And they're being doctored by all these theologies of what the world says is true. But I'm telling you, that's why it's so important. Anytime the doors of the Lord are open, man, you better get the truth into the heart of your kids. Listen, can you get the truth in their kids at home? Absolutely. But there's something powerful that happens when we gather together in our belief and Jesus is the same and we worship together guess what my kids need that your kids need that make sure you get yourself to the house of God every time the doors are open man I got so far off my notes I I I don't apologize I don't apologize amen thank you Jesus Where are you? I don't even know where I went here. See, you see, you got to get back into the group. I, you know, I'm not used to people saying things when I preach. So there's, I'm just used to being chirp, 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 chirp. A couple people will be clapping their hands. But, so I'm like, oh, I'm trying to get my tempo going. So my friends got to stay home all day on Sunday. Got to enjoy themselves, not Stephen Jr. He went to church twice on Sundays. Brother Brad remembers those days. We would get out of service. Sometimes we'd have preaching. Sometimes we didn't always have preaching. But then we'd get out by 12, 1230, get, hit Oceana Inn, maybe get some, get some Chinese food. Anybody remember the old Oceana Inn? It's good stuff. Back when it was at the Winchester Mall, not the new place. And they had the buffet. Can we just enjoy ourselves? What? Don't put your thumbs down to Oceana Inn. No, it's Meadowbrook Mall. Yes, Meadowbrook Mall, not Winchester. That's the other, yeah, Meadowbrook Mall. Oceania. So we'd get some food and we'd have enough time to maybe click on the, the tube and watch the Lions lose yet another game. I recall many times Brother Brad would find himself by the fireplace in our living room. And we'd get about a, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hour nap. And then you have to get back ready, groggy as you were, to be back to church because you had uh, choir practice at like 5 o'clock that day. So while my friends were out enjoying their Sunday, I'm in the house of the Lord twice on that day. As a kid, you don't always appreciate those moments. You'd rather do what you want to do. But I can tell you one thing. Throughout my teenage years and my young adult life, that the revivals and the messages I heard in the house of the Lord, save my soul. Without those moments, without those days, even when I wouldn't want to go, something happened in the transformation of that service from the opening song to the altar call that something began to break in my heart and something began to break in my spirit and I called out to God and every time I may not have wanted to have been there by the time I left the house of God I was so glad that one more time someone said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord It was those old messages and those old revivals that brought me back to the house of God, brought me back to the altar to repent of my sins during those young years when the world starts pulling at you.
Aren't you tired of, of, of pouring into children, but then when the world starts pulling, you lose them? You lose them when they're 18, 19 years old. Where'd they go? The world starts pulling at them. And I'm glad even as long as I was under my parents' roof, uh, my dad didn't say, I didn't matter if I was 18, 19, 20, as long as I was unmarried living in their home. He said, listen, son, I don't care what your friends are doing. You're going to be in the house of the Lord during those times. I still had a mother and a father that drove it into my mind. You may feel like you're a man, but if you really want to be a man, you're going to get your tie on and you're going to go to the house of the Lord and you're going to worship if you want to be a man worship like a man in the house of God because I promise you my life could have gone in many different directions I could have been in many different places I could have gotten a scholarship to swim at some college. I'm sure I could have if I really would have done that. But I had, had some meetings and had some moments, had some altar calls that, that I had to make up in my mind whether I'm going to do this or I'm going to serve God with all my heart. Now, I'm not saying you have to pick one or the other sometimes. But for me, I chose to start my ministry. I chose to follow the house of God. I could have gone many different directions. But I'm so glad that the church of the Lord, God's family, anchored me to what really mattered in life. And so I stand here today before you. I wasn't too many weeks old when my parents dedicated me in God's house. As a child, I learned my Bible stories that still stick with me today in the Sunday school classes in God's house. At eight years of, old, uh, eight years of age, I received the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking other tongues, and was baptized in the lovely name of Jesus Christ in God's house. At the tender ages of 23 and 20, my precious wife and I promised to God to love and to cherish each other until death do us part at the altar in God's house. Five years later, we had our first bouncing baby boy, beautiful Lincoln, and we knew what to do. We took our son Lincoln to the house of God and we dedicated him in this house. Not too long after that, a spunky, raspy voiced little girl came to us, chubby cheeks and chubby legs, beautiful Cecilia. We knew what to do. We brought our daughter to this house and at this altar right here in front of me, we dedicated my baby girl at this house. Wasn't too long after that that my wife had a cardiac arrest right over here in this house. But it was the precious, sweet people of Grace Apostolic Church that began to pray and intercede on behalf of my wife. And in this house, there was a miracle. And in this house, my wife was brought back to me. In this house, God does miracles. Not too long after that incident, we had our third beautiful child, Cash. And when Cash was born, we brought him to the same altar and we dedicated him in the house of God at this house. And I can tell you, all three of my children have been baptized in Jesus' name in that baptismal pool. And all three of my children have received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you, I am beyond blessed today. And I'm so glad that someone said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord.
And I'll tell you the truth. There is no place, Brother Brad, that I'd rather be in all the world right now than standing in this house with you on this day. March 15th was the last service we had here. That's nine weeks that we haven't met here to worship God together as a family. That's 63 days, 1,512 hours since the last time we united together to love God. But today, all I can say is, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. See, this world has a lot of places of entertainment. This world has a lot of places where people can, can go to be entertained and try to find the joy they're looking for. Bars will offer them drinks and spirits to chase their blues away. But none of that can match the spirit that we have in this house. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Rock concerts. Will jam their tunes and try to move the souls with their music. But in this house, my soul was stirred today when the redeemed of the Lord came together to sing praises to God. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There's nothing like this house. You can't get what you get here in this world. There's no joy like the joy of being in the house of the Lord. Can someone say it with me? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Let's put our hands together and love the Lord right now. Thank you. So some of you came a long way, but you made it. And you're in the right place today. Some can relate to the psalmist when he wrote in Psalm 84 and 2, My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. Verse 10, he said, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be, has any, does anyone feel this way? I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I, I'd rather do the smallest job. I'd rather, I'd rather pick up a piece of paper in God's house than be the CEO of GMC making millions of dollars a year because all that's going to fade and go away. But everything I do for Jesus in his house, it's going to last forever. If you want to make, make me a doorkeeper, that's fine. Guess what? I'm just glad I'm in the right house. Because as long as I'm in the right house, there might be some glory that comes my way. There might be an overshadowing that comes my way. I'd rather just be in God's house than any other place in this world right now to be in this place. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Now, I know it's been discussed, and I know we've talked about it. God is everywhere. I know we talked about it. We can have church anywhere we want. We can have church in our homes. 
We can have church in our living rooms, and that's all good. We've done that for nine weeks. Guess what? We've had church in our homes, and I hope you've been blessed while you've had church in your home, and I'm not taking anything away from that, but I was just a little happy when I walked through the doors of this house, and I was just a little bit happy when I was in God's house, and the people of God began to sing their songs. Can I tell you what? I was glad when they said unto me, let us Go into the house of the Lord. If anybody would like to be here today, it would have been David. You think David would rejoice in this place today? Knowing David's life, you know that his life had a bunch of ups and downs. He lived in a lot of places. David spent many hours in the shepherd's field. He spent many days and nights in caves and dens. Don't you think he'd want to get to the house of God? With padded seats and warm baptismal water? Talk about luxury, man. David spent his days tending his sheep. I imagine it was a welcome call when David's servants, Jesse's servants came to his son and said, David, go, go home. Your dad wants you. What is it, Pop? What do you need? The sheep are hungry. I need to take them to the field. Dave, you're not doing that today. We're going to leave those with the, with the, the, the sheep herders. You, you're going to come to me. What's going on, Dad? We're going to the house of God today. Yes. Finally get away from those old stinky sheep for a couple days. I get to go to the house of the Lord and journey to where God's people are going to be. I'm, I don't have to be by myself. I don't have to be quarantined on the backside of a shepherd field by myself. I get to go to where God's people. How, how, how would David know that? Why would they do that? Because that was a command of God. Deuteronomy 16, 16. That a command was given by God. That all the males must appear before God three times a year before their Lord. So David, being a young male, had the opportunity to journey to the house of God. And it was during those journeys that David began to fall in love with the things of God. He loved the courts of his God. He loved what the priests were doing. He loved what the Levites were doing. He loved everything about the house of God. Three times in a year shall thy males appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose in the feast of unleavened bread, in the feast of weeks, and in the feast of tabernacles. And it wasn't just the fact that you showed up that mattered to God. <laughs> See, I hope that what this has done is made you, give you a sweetness for being here. If anything we've learned, we're, it's sweet to come to the house of God. And what I've learned about this, and keep that up there, please, what I've learned is it's not just about getting here that, that, that's, that gets you all the, the blessings. Because some people come to the house of God with the wrong attitude. That's why God says, I don't want your money, but I want a cheerful giver. I'd rather have a cheerful giver give me, you know, $10 than a grungy giver, someone that's angry, give me $1,000. I don't want your money. It's not your money. It's how you give it. So what this COVID has done for me, it's made me feel sweet, the sweetness of being assembled in the house of God. And God says, when you come to the house of God three times a year, you don't get credit just for showing up. But the Bible says, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty. In other words, when you get to the house of God, 
You better have something in your hands to present to your God. That means you don't just come to church to be a bump on the log. You don't come to church to sit there and say, come on, pastor, I need some feeding right now. I'm, I'm really doing bad. I need, I need someone to help me, lift me up. Oh, come on, praise team, come on. You need to sing a little faster, a little slower, a little faster, because I just need some Jesus right now. I'm not having a very good day. No, 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 no. The Bible says before you get here, every individual that's going to present themselves before God, everybody better have something in their hands when they get to the house of the Lord. Now, this is, this is where it's all at here. Now, I, I, you know I don't preach very long. Brother Wade, do I preach very long? <laughs> Brother Wade's awesome. That's, that's why he's here. That's why he's up here. It's just that stuff. You, no, I don't know. Okay, I know I'm going a little long. We're, this is family, I guess. Where else do you have to go today? I mean, you're not, not going to go to the mall, right? I mean, some. So this is about our worship in the house of God. First of all, you don't come this place empty. You bring a praise in your heart. You bring a hand clap to Jesus, not based on what's said behind the pulpit, but the fact of the matter is that if it's a terrible sermon and a terrible song and the singers are off key, you still know that Jesus is on the throne and I'm just glad to be in the house of the Lord. So I will clap my hands under Jesus and I will praise Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is still worthy of the praise. And this is how you worship him. Every man shall give as he is able. Here it is. According to the blessings of the Lord thy God, which he hath given thee, or English, you. In case you didn't know that. You. As much as God has given to you, you bring that sacrifice to the house of God. So the next time the devil tells you you had a bad day, you shouldn't worship, just put a frown on your face, just get through this, I want you to tell the devil, listen devil, I've brought worship to match how much God has blessed me. Listen, if God hadn't blessed you a day, then you just sit there and be a, be a whiny baby. But if God has done anything in your life, your worship ought to match the blessings that God has poured out on you. Your praise ought to match the blessings that God has given to you in your life. And guess what? I don't have enough time. I don't have enough day to give God all the praise that he's poured out in my life. Let's, let's remain standing. Let's remain standing. Let that motivate you. Let that motivate you. Next time, you're just going to come by. No, I get it. The Bible says to lift up the weak hands. There are times you will come in here and you're just not feeling it. I get it. But don't turn that into a lifestyle. Because if you turn that into a lifestyle and the pastor gets disgruntled because no one else wants to worship with him, and I turn that into a lifestyle, guess what? We just have calm church. We'll sing our three songs. I'll give my little lesson on my stool, get my little Coke bottle next to me, and just kind of chill out. And, just, and we'll talk and talk about how good God is, but I don't think God wants that. 
God wants entertainment too. Do you know that we've been made in his image and his likeness? Do you know everything that you, everything you desire, God put that in you? Everything that makes, brings joy to you, if you're living right, guess what? All the things that bring you joy, it brings God joy because we're made in the image of God. And so if we want to be entertained, we love it. Does anybody hate entertainment? Who hates to be entertained? I just, thank you. Everybody here loves to be entertained. We love a good whatever, whatever it is. Do you not think that God loves entertainment? Do you not think that God loves to see a church full of people that are thankful to be in the house when you raise your hands and you praise God, whether you do a little jump in your step, whatever it is, that God tears the roof off the house and says, I like what those people are doing. I like that praise. That makes me happy. I love to hear the praise of God's people. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus tells a story of a good man that makes a supper. I promise I won't be too, too, too much longer, guys. He makes a supper, and he tells the servants, go out and bid everyone to come to the supper. I've, made, I've prepared the supper. And one by one, they begin to make excuses. And they said, I can't come. The Bible says the man who made the supper was very angry. He says, go on to the streets. Go find the maimed, the halt, the blind, and bring them to my house. That my house may be full. As happy as we are to come here, guess what? God was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. He, they then said, we brought all the people you told us, and yet there's room. The good man says, go on to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come that my house may be full. Can I tell you, there's someone with a gun ready to end their life right now. There's someone getting ready to put needles in their arm because they have no hope. But there's a people in this house that God says, now that you've enjoyed this, I want you to go on to this world and compel as many people as you can to come to the house of the Lord. Lord, because I'm sorry, I, I, I apologize to God. I said, Lord, I, you know, we've got lots of space in this room, in this church. We have an open balcony, and we've got a few people here, and we're not, we, we're not full. And God wants this house to be full. And my faith wandered a little bit. I said, Well, God, maybe this is all you want for us to have. Maybe you only want us to run 170, 180, whatever you want. But I believe that God say, no, 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 son, that's wrong. There are so many broken people that could walk here. <laughs> Who wouldn't love the opportunity to go out your front door and walk across the street and be in the house of God? When... I believe God wants Grace Apostolic Church to be full of people that can walk here. Now one thing me and my precious wife learned last week, some of you folks drive a long way. <laughs> it, and bless God for you folks that drive as far as you, we were like, we were like, wow, this, 
These sweet people love us that much, babe. We are so thankful that they make the trek. All, you make it a journey. David said, listen, three times a year, guess what? It wasn't a close journey. It was a pilgrimage. David said, come on, the, the wagons are yoked up. All the people ready. And they began to make their long journey to wherever the house of God was. I know some of you drove a long way to be here. But guess what? I'm glad you're here. And I believe God's going to bless you. And not only that, God's going to make you a light in your neighborhood. And everywhere you go, why? Because Jesus said, I want this house to be full of people that are broken and hurting and need someone to love them this week this week I'm looking for someone you're going to help me compel somebody today you're going to help me compel someone this week someone that's broken be sensitive Lord make me sensitive to the needs of people that when I get around them Lord I can feel their hurt I can feel they need someone to love them and use me Lord to bring them into the house of the Lord we're going to sing one more song for altar call However you feel, listen, I'm not going to make anyone feel uncomfortable. If you want to come to the front and pray, that's fine. If you want to dismiss from your seat, that's fine. If you want to be prayed for before you leave here, guess what? On this, on this Sunday, I will pray for you in Jesus' name, and God will touch you. So I'm going to let this do whatever you want, however you, it's, listen, folks, it's been nine weeks. Whatever you want to do and however you want to worship God, you are free to worship God in this house this, this afternoon. We're going to sing our song. If you want to come to the front and pray, you can pray. If you want to be right, we are right. Pray. But God, guess what? I think we ought to give God something today. Amen? Amen. Let's worship the Lord as they sing right now. Thank you again for joining us here at Grace Apostolic Church. Hopefully this message spoke to you as it did for many others. Grace Apostolic Church is a church family that you can be a part of. If you would like to connect to the church, the best way would be to visit our website at gacclawson.org or visit one of our services. Our service times are Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 7.30 p.m. For more information, you can go online at gacclawson.org. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.